Hey, I'm Jesse. I hope you're still having a great Resurrection Week. That title could fit any week since Jesus resurrected. But because Sunday was Easter and we celebrate the resurrection, I'm here to remind you he didn't go back into the tomb. This is Luke chapter 24. I want to pick up in verse 45, which we read yesterday but didn't really get to. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So verse 45, this is Luke 24, 45. Luke 24, 45 says that he then, Jesus then opened, opened the minds of his disciples to understand the scriptures. These are the 11 remaining disciples and they are about to receive the full Holy Spirit of God at Pentecost, but it's not yet that time, okay? He is speaking to them while they are hiding out, all right? And not everybody is, not everybody is, uh, not everybody's on board yet. Not everybody fully believes yet, actually. It's pretty phenomenal uh, that they would actually witness Jesus' full miraculous ministry, even see him go to the cross. Some of them fled at that point, and now they're encountering the resurrected Jesus. And uh, Thomas believes for sure, but according to the Matthew 28, 18, uh, 17 through, uh, through 20, not everybody believes still. So Jesus is opening their minds to understand the scriptures. In yesterday's devotion, we showed how Jesus himself proclaims himself the fulfillment of everything that was foretold by the law and the prophets and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Jesse, what do I do when I'm trying to share the gospel with someone? I'm trying to even practice apologetics and argue from scripture for somebody who doesn't understand scripture. I know that this is a this is a big deal. Like uh, big personalities like uh, Matt Walsh, for example, doesn't believe that you should try to argue from the Bible to convince someone of scripture. And it's because it sounds futile, right? Jesse, they don't believe the Bible. What good is the Bible? <laughs> like I tremble at that phrase, what good is the Bible? It's the word of God, man. I've seen people proclaim not to believe in scripture and then get saved by the Holy Spirit's use of scripture because God is the one who opens our hearts to understand scripture. The worst thing that you could do is abandon the truth of scripture just because somebody disbelieves in it. This is where you practice presuppositional apologetics. If they do not have scripture as their logos, right? They don't have scripture as their logos. They've got something less as their logos. It's either the word of God or the word of some dude. It's either the word of God or something that some woman wrote in her blog, right? Or it's their emotions, or uh, as often the case, it's their sex drive. What a bizarre thing to base your whole worldview and morality set on, like your urges. But that's reality where we live. The worst thing you could do is abandon the truth. I don't believe the Bible, they say. So don't argue with me from the Bible. You gotta argue from something less. Here's where you show them you're standing above an abyss, friend. You practice presuppositional apologetics. And you've got something on your side here too, Christian. The Holy Spirit of God, who's the one who enabled you to understand scripture in the first place, the same Holy Spirit will open their hearts. So sure, I mean, I get it. Sometimes you can, you can answer the fool according to his folly in order to show him the foolishness of it. That's when you start from something other than scripture. It's to demonstrate their folly. 
It's to demonstrate their foolishness, to show like, look, you have no logos. You have no barometer for truth. You have no authoritative basis upon which to make moral assertions. All right, you have no account for the preconditions for intelligibility, for where matter came from, where life came from, where consciousness came from. I'm seeing some God use that argument to bear some fruit lately a little bit too. Uh, stay tuned as I you know, studied a little bit more. You, you can't account for where, where morality comes from, then you cannot make moral assertions. This is presuppositional apologetics. And you can say, look, try this, try the word of God and the Holy Spirit just moves on their hearts. You cannot argue people to salvation. Believe me, I've been trying my whole life. And I've even won a few arguments only for the skeptic to just concede the point and not get saved. And I'm like pulling my hair out. So I, so my hair's thin, that's so why I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> like you can win the argument and miss the point. It's about the Holy Spirit moving on their hearts. Our very first sermon in our evangelism series was about the primacy of the Spirit in revival. Without the Holy Spirit's move, it doesn't work. So don't abandon scripture, whatever you do. When we, uh, when we do our series called The Table, we do kind of start pretty broad and we work our way towards scripture, all right? Because there are some people for whom we're trying to demonstrate the foolishness of their worldview to, to begin. And then we're inviting them in, refusing to answer the fool according to his folly, inviting them in, look, you just gotta see what it looks like through the biblical world. Like, come over here and look at what I see when I look at the world through the Bible, it's incredible to behold. And the Holy Spirit works on their heart and then they understand scripture. The Holy Spirit is the one who enables them to understand. So you may be studying up, you know, you may be um, getting some Cornelius Van Til quotes or watching some Jeff Durbin videos or something like that. And that's cool. But ultimately, man, it's the Holy Spirit of God who's gonna draw on their heart. So when I see someone who is militantly anti-Christian, for example, in their atheism or some other worldview, for me, it really begins with prayer and fasting. Just asking the Holy Spirit of God to work on their heart. If they refuse to accept scripture as a premise, I'm gonna work them towards scripture. If they are willing to give scripture a chance, man, that's a huge head start actually. But remember, at the end of the day, it's the Holy Spirit who enables them to understand. I've given some Bibles away over the years. I've, I've even bribed my skeptical friends, like, please just read this, I'll buy you Starbucks or whatever. And, uh, and I've seen that return fruit years later. I once bought a guy a Bible and it, went, it took three years for him to actually begin to read it. And when he did, he gave his life to Christ. So the word of the Lord, the Lord never returns void. Sorry, Mark, Matt Walsh, you're wrong on this point. You don't abandon scripture. You don't take scripture out of the equation. It's the truth. It's the authoritative source of truth in the universe. You do whatever it takes to get them to scripture. If you're gonna start from a premise other than scripture, it's to demonstrate how they have utter foolishness. The, the wisdom of God begins with the fear of the Lord. Like true knowledge begins with the fear of the Lord. That's where it starts. And if they don't have that, they don't have any kind of basis. So bring them to scripture, whatever it takes. Bribe them with food, bribe them with coffee, give them a Bible, do whatever it takes. I've traded reading assignments over the years. I'll read your book, now you read mine. And whatever it takes to get them to scripture, the Holy Spirit is the one who takes over. You can argue with people all day long. And if you argue with people, you might just win the argument. And if you win the argument and the, it, the result is anything other than them professing Christ, you went about it the wrong way. The Holy Spirit is the one who opens their hearts to understand scripture. Every salvation then is an everlasting miracle, not just a temporary healing that is only as good as that person makes sure to look both ways before crossing the street. It's a miracle that lasts forever. It's a miracle, a miracle, a miracle. You know that about yourself. The same is true for the person with whom you're sharing the gospel. 
God is the one who opens our hearts to understand scripture. So as you evangelize, whatever you do, do not forsake scripture. Bring them to scripture. If you start with the premise other than scripture, let it be for the purposes of inviting them to scripture.